Welcome to the latest word from the church at Severn Run. Our church is located in Severn, Maryland, and is easily accessible from anywhere in the D.C. Baltimore area. You can subscribe for regular updates or check in weekly for the latest information by using our website, severinrun.com. Thank you for visiting. And now, today's message. As you can tell, we don't like to bury the lead around here. We like to let you know what you're getting into right from the start uh, at the Church of Severn Run. And ultimately, that's the goal for, for everyone, is that we want to see them baptized. We want to see you be part of the kingdom. And uh, here's the goal, though, for today in this message. The number one thing that I want you to know is that there is no such thing, there is no such thing as an ordinary life. Did you hear that? How many of you believe that to be true, maybe? You're like, you don't, you, you don't know my boss. Uh, listen to me. There is no such thing as an ordinary life. Uh, you, you've got to believe it. In fact, if you're not going to believe it that way, then I'm going to get you to believe it another way. Here's what I want you to say with me. My life, my life. is extraordinary. And you will not get away with saying it so wimply. <laughs> Say it with me again. My life, My life is, extraordinary. is extraordinary. It is extraordinary. You're created in the image of God, and your life is extraordinary. In fact, speaking of extraordinary things, i got to be careful. I don't, I don't know why. But you, can you guys see this over here? Um, I, I, I'm afraid to move it just a little bit because I uh, just kind of want to make sure that most people can see it. But this is very, very dangerous right here. Um, simply because this is, um, this is on loan to us, okay, from a National Art Gallery. And um, this is 1375 Ming Dynasty by one of the greatest glass blowers that's ever lived. Pretty extraordinary that we've got that to hear this morning, right? Except for the fact that I'm just totally lying to you. Uh, you guys were less gullible than the first crowd. Uh, everybody in the first crowd was like, what? They're, I think they were more nervous because they let me play with it. Uh, actually, we got it from Walmart, uh, which is where most of the furniture in my house comes from, Walmart. Uh, and my old saying at Walmart, Walmart, that's our store. We shop there because we are poor. And, um, and uh so, so this is the best that we can do even around our house. But I'm not going to lie to you. It gets, uh, I get a little scared even kind of setting something like this up around our house. And I don't know, anybody in here, you've got nice pieces of, of something? You've got nice pieces of something? We don't have nice pieces of anything. <laughs> the reason why is because I've got, I've got a 5-year-old, an 8-year-old, an 11-year-old. And when I talk about them collectively, I just refer to them as the crazies. I don't know if anybody else, you know, would refer to your children as that, but mine are. They are absolutely the crazies. And to try to set up anything this nice, trust me, for us, this is nice. Uh, to try to set up anything this nice around our house, like something is just going to happen. I mean, they're going to be running around, they're going to be playing, they're going to knock it over, anything can take place. And then just even at that moment where you're just kind of saying to yourself, hey, uh, Look, that thing has made it for a whole 24 hours in our house. My middle son, who I called the wild man, he would just be like, what is this thing? 
I mean, that would be a true story. I'm not lying. Uh, and then that which is that which is extraordinary becomes pretty doggone ordinary, doesn't it? It gets broken. It gets it gets messed up. So if it gets messed up, then we've got to figure out something because if we you got to replace it, don't you? <laughs> so if you replace it, the best thing to do at that point is uh, He's got a lot of faith in me. He thinks I'm not going to break this one. Uh, if, uh, if, this one uh, if we don't want this one to get messed up, then here's what we need to do. And I need you guys to help me out. In order to make sure that extraordinary things don't get messed up, we need to set some rules, don't we? Right? Good rules. Can I hear it, parents? Yes. Help me out with some good rules. No running. No running, because, yeah, that's exactly, just let me stop on the first one. Because kids should not run. Well, see, I heard no balls in the house. Okay, first service, they were like, no, don't have a ball in the house. And my kids would interpret that as, they would have interpreted that as, well, then that means we can have five balls in the house. We, we, we can do that. So no balls in the house. What else? Give me some good rules. No touching. <laughs> Just don't touch it. Don't what? Don't give it to me, that's for sure. You break it, you buy it. No throwing. No throwing. I guess that's what went wrong with what I did with it, huh? No hitting. Yeah. Definitely don't want to hit it. What? No wrestling. Man, I got to tell you what, this is the funnest crowd I've ever been in my life. I would love to grow up in your houses. No kids. And today my children are on discount for a very, very low, low. <laughs> you just let me know, five, ten bucks, they're yours. Uh, hey, uh, I, let, let me just ask you, moms, dads, you know, you try to keep the stuff nice. You try to, you try to make sure it all is working out real well. Tell me this, how's that working out for you? Nice. Yeah. You can make all the rules in the world that you want to make, can't you? Guess what? Life happens. Doesn't it? Kids are going to be kids. Adults are going to be adults. And life just happens. I want you to, if you would please, turn with me in your Bibles today to Matthew chapter 13. Matthew chapter 13, beginning in, in, in verse 10. You know what I just thought would be a better idea? Ultimately, what would be, be the best idea is rather than just make all the rules, how about just do this with it? I mean, I got some, I don't mean to offend you. At our house, we just call it ghost poo-poo. But uh, uh, 
uh, that got some ghost poo poo in there. It'll keep it nice and safe. And uh, and uh, I'm just gonna go. We'll just put it in a box, right? Just put it in a box. Stick it in the back of your garage. And when you're 75, you can break that sucker out. <laughs> you can break that out and enjoy it. I think it's just better in a box than than it is with rules. Matthew chapter 10, beginning in, uh, Matthew chapter 13, beginning verse 10. His going to take a long time to get through this today. <laughs> His disciples came and asked him, why do you use parables when you talk to people? Why would you use stories, Jesus? You're always confusing us. Every time you tell a story, we're trying to figure out what in the world that you're talking about. Why won't you just go ahead and be a professor and walk us into a classroom and tell us exactly what it is that you want us to know, point one, two, three, four, and five. Just tell us the rules already, Jesus. If you just tell us the rules, life would be good. And Jesus replied, you are permitted to understand the secrets of the kingdom of heaven, but others are not. To those who listen to my teaching, to those who listen to my stories, more understanding will be given and they will have an abundance of knowledge. But for those who are not listening, for those that just want to go ahead and make a list of rules, even what little understanding they have will be taken away from them. That is why I use these stories. That is why I use these parables, he says. For they look, but they, 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 uh, for they look, but they don't really see. They hear, but they don't really listen or understand. This fulfills the prophecy of Isaiah that says, When you hear what I say, you will not understand. When you see what I do, you will not comprehend. For the hearts of people are hardened, and their ears cannot hear. And they have closed their eyes so their eyes cannot see and their ears cannot hear and their hearts cannot understand. And they cannot turn to me and let me heal them. But blessed are your eyes because they see and your ears because they hear. And I tell you the truth that many prophets and righteous people long to see what you see but they didn't see it. And they long to hear what you hear but they didn't hear it. They were coming and saying, Jesus, just make this plain, just make this simple for us. Wouldn't you just like it? Seriously, don't most of us just want life to just go ahead and be plain and be able to be simple? If we could just go ahead and wrap life up in a box, that would be awesome. But let me tell you what that's called. That's called an ordinary life. Lots of people have wrapped their lives up in a box. Lots of people get up every single day and choose to live by a certain, set of, uh, a certain standard, a certain set of rules. But Jesus is kind of trying to break his disciples out of this entire paradigm. And he's looking at them and he is saying, hey, I'd rather tell stories than just tell you what rules you should follow. And the reason why I think Jesus wanted to tell stories is because, you know what? Stories bring people in. There is this thing that every single one of us it, it has been made inside of our DNA, and it's called sympathy. That's unless you're a psychopath. Do not point your fingers at anybody who you think might be a psychopath. That would not be a loving thing to do as we meet together as a church. But most of us, we have empathy, meaning this. That when we're watching our favorite football team play and the quarterback on the other team that we're not cheering for gets hit, even though we might be like, yeah, 
The moment that his like leg buckles up over the top of his neck, we all do this for just a moment, don't we? Ah! Until they show the replay. And then we're all on top of seeing it again. When we see something bad happen to somebody, you know what we do? Like, we have empathy. Like, we feel it to a certain degree. We kind of understand what it is that they're understanding. Telling stories is what Jesus did because telling stories brought people into it. When you hear a story, you start to identify with the characters of the story. That's why plays have been big since all of man's human history. That's why this thing called television has caught on. Did you hear about that? Because over and over again, what we do is we get to hear stories, and as a result, we relate. And Jesus told these stories because he said, hey, listen, everybody's got an extraordinary story to tell. And I want to bring you in to everybody else's story. I want you to understand. I want you to have empathy. I want you to relate. Stories are also, they are wide open to interpretation. Man, that's why, that's why somebody can tell one story and somebody can tell another story. And you can come up with like two totally different meanings for the story. If you don't believe that, go to seminary. Because <laughs> everybody's got their version of what scripture says. And how it might be relating to them. And you know what? Many, many times, there is absolute truth in Scripture, but many, many times, hey, you can read the same passage that I could read, and we could both come out of truth, but it wouldn't necessarily be the exact same thing. It'd still be true, but it means some, that story means something to you, and that story hits me in a different way because of my own life experiences. Stories are wide open to interpretation. I mean, isn't that really what we're seeing right now in this entire thing called the presidential elections? Has anybody heard that that's going on? Huh? I mean, everybody's got their spin, don't they? I mean, this last week we saw one side, and what they're, they're going to try to do on that one side is they're going to try to show us, and they're going to try to help us to relate to that candidate, aren't they? This week we're going to get to see a different side. And they're going to try to tell us how we better relate to that candidate. And it's all about interpretations of their life stories. And we can look at two people and come up with different judgments about individuals. Because stories are wide open to interpretation. And Jesus wanted people to get out of the story what the Spirit was speaking to them in that story. Not just a bunch of rules. Real life stories also, they're open-ended. They're open-ended. Now, I had to explain to some of our younger staff this last week that there used to be this thing called a book. I mean, before they got, you know, before we came up with this thing called computers and internet and iPads and all of that kind of thing, there used to be these things called book. Anybody remember those? Huh? One of my favorite authors of all times is John Steinbeck. And uh, I was a nerd, I confess. In high school, so rather when I was first assigned a John Steinbeck novel, The Grapes of Wrath. Anybody read that one? It's called a book. I read, I read it, but I didn't read the condensed version that they assigned. I actually went out to the library and got the whole big thick thing. And as I'm reading this, like I'm reading like hundreds and hundreds of pages, and then all of a sudden you get to the end of this novel and it just stops. And I was like, you're not allowed to do that. You're supposed to end the story. But he doesn't end the story. The story just stops. 
It's like wide open. And can I go ahead and tell you that one of the reasons that why Jesus told stories is because he recognized that every one of us has an extraordinary story that we get to write to, that we get to be a part of along through with his power if we choose to do so. And that story is open-ended. It's not been totally declared as finished as of yet, and it won't be until somebody does your funeral. And then even then, your story will go on to impact those who you've loved and those you've cared for and those who you have passed on. Your story will always be open-ended. Only in heaven will we find out the end of your story and what that looked like. So Jesus was like, hey, listen, I'm way more about telling stories. I'm way more about uh, relating to people. I'm less about trying to just get people to follow the rules. If you want to go, if you want a, a lecture on how to follow all the rules, please just go see the, the Pharisees. They'll hook you up. They got all kinds of rules that they want to be able to help follow. But here's the problem with just living a life that follows the rules versus living a life of, of, of a Jesus story. It's the opposite of living a life with a story. Rules keep people out, don't they? I mean, most of the time what we do is we design rules in order that this is our world and you're not allowed in it unless you're willing to follow all of my rules. And all it does is lock people out. It keeps people away. Jesus was the last one that ever wanted to be able to do that. Rules, they, they try to force only one interpretation. That this is the way that the story is, is supposed to end. They attempt to go ahead and write the ending before the ending has even been written. Does that sound extraordinary life to you? But I will just tell you, that is where I believe the large majority of Christ followers live. We've never really lived, learned how to live out our Jesus story. All that we've done is basically look and say, hey, listen, there's a, let's just follow the rules all the time. Let's just like, live inside of these rather than live out a true and awesome life story. You want to know why your Jesus story is the one you should be living out and not just a story by the rules, not just the mundane of every single day, but a life of danger, a life of awesomeness, a life that you don't know where it's going to take you or what you're going to do next because you're following your story for the sake of Jesus? Do you want to know why you should live that one out? Because no one has ever changed the world by following the rules. Did you hear that? You're like, this is not exactly what I expected when I came to church. No one has ever changed the world by following the rules. Now, I'm not advocating that you go out of here today and you decide to do a bunch of stuff that's illegal, okay? You're like, listen, excuse me, officer, sir, you should, listen, my pastor's service is available for you online. <laughs> that's not what I'm saying at all. But what I am saying is that there is like systems that are constantly put around us and, they're put us and they put us in our place in order to try to make sure that the system doesn't change. Whereas anybody who's ever changed the world did not worry about following the rules. They only changed the world by living out their Jesus story. In fact, if there's the number one prime example that I can think of this morning... Wait for it. Wait for it. Jesus! 
Don't tell me Jesus was a rule follower. Rule followers don't end up being crucified on crosses. Right? Man, if he would have just came and showed up on planet Earth and decided to go with the flow, listen to every single thing that, uh, every single thing that his religion that he grew up in taught him, then he never would have died on the cross, but he also never would have saved the world. Jesus didn't listen to the rules that say once you die, you're dead. Did he? He said, no, I'm going to defy that. Once you die, you are not dead. I am going to rise again from the dead. Can, does anybody have ability to get excited about that this morning at all? I mean... Jesus defied all the odds. He defied all of the rules. No one has ever changed the world by following them. They've changed the world by living out their story. Jesus came to live out the story of man the way it was supposed to be lived out in relationship with the Father. And all of the rule followers and all the people that put their extraordinary lives in a box, they just didn't get it. They couldn't understand it. They couldn't see it. But look what Jesus says will happen to you. He says there's a generation in verse 13 that uh, they look and they don't really see. They hear, but they don't really understand. In verse 16, but blessed are your eyes because they see and your eyes because they hear. You want to know what will happen when you start pursuing your life, Jesus' story, versus the rules that everybody else has said you have to live by? What will begin to happen is your eyes will be opened. Your eyes will be opened. You know what that means? That means that you will begin to have a life. You will begin to have a life that you see through faith and not fear. Rules are all about fear. Rules are all about worrying that the vase is going to get broken, aren't they? And if we just make a few more rules, then the vase won't get broken. Yes, it will. <laughs> In one way, shape, or form, something's going to happen. Because, I mean, knowing my life, it would be the day of the most massive earthquake on the eastern part of the United States. Listen, it's going to get broken. Jesus says, don't worry about all that. Don't worry uh, about the brokenness of it. Worry about your eyes being open. See life through faith and not fear. There are so many people in churches today that they think that what they are supposed to do as a Christ follower is come here, sit here on a Sunday morning, Sit here on a Sunday morning and, you know, hey, give, write a check, and then let somebody else go out there and do the hard work of reaching the world. Huh? But let me tell you, the hard work of reaching the world, that's where the danger is. That's where the excitement is. But too often, we're just way fearful of doing that. We're fearful. We're fearful of doing what our, our kids just got back from the DR just this last week. But you guys had some pretty fun experiences, huh? I know you did. <laughs> but guess what? Here's what I love is a bunch of teenage guys and gals that, worlds, that their world is completely changed because they stepped out there and said, I'm not going to be afraid. I'm going to live a life of faith. I'm going to go meet the broken that are worldwide, and we're going to do something about it. I think some adults should join the crowd. Huh? I think that we've got ministries every single week almost that in some way, shape, or form go down and minister to the broken that are in inner city Baltimore. I think more people should join them. You say, but it's, 
Some of those places are scary. Yeah? But the same God that's in here with you today is the same God walking with you down there. So who cares? You begin to see your life through faith and not fear. You begin to see life as us and not them. And we got a lot of us and them going on right now, don't we? But when it's all said and done, when our eyes are open and when our ears begin to hear, here's what we will do. We will actually listen to somebody's story themselves versus be preparing the rebuttal in our head because we didn't like the first thing that they said. So we're just waiting for the chance for them to take a breath so that we can argue back. And meanwhile, we miss their story. And man, don't we have a whole lot of that going on right now. I will just go ahead and tell you, our media is so caught up in controversy. It is all the time, but it's, it's extreme at this moment. I mean, I'm sorry, they're not trying to solve the problem. They like the fact that there is a problem. And that it can be reported on and we can make everybody try to pick a side because fights create television viewers. How about we stop the madness? How about we take the time to realize that, hey, listen, if we've grown up in suburbanite America, that might be a little bit different than inner city America and maybe we should listen to that story. How about the fact that inner city America should listen to suburbanite America and hear that story also? How about that we open our ears and we take the time to actually hear and to listen to each other? Because everybody's got a fundamentally extraordinary story to tell. Every person is a wonderful novel that could be written. But we got to take the time to open our ears and we got to take the time to listen, which is what Jesus did. We do a lot more listening right now rather than spouting our opinions all over Facebook and social media then I think our world might be a different place. And I think that should start with Christians first. What happens when we open our eyes and when we, our ears begin to hear, then it says this, um, verse 15, it says, For the hearts of these people are hardened, but imagine if their ears are open and their eyes are open, then something different begins to happen. They've closed their eyes, they cannot see, they cannot understand, and as a result, they cannot be healed. But if our eyes are open... If our ears are open to listening to other people's stories, then guess what, ladies and gentlemen? We can be healed. We can actually be healed. How many of you believe that maybe you just need some healing in your life, huh? How many of you have got a relationship in your life? You just say, hey, listen, that relationship needs some healing. I've had broken relationships in my life that needed healing. Maybe it's time to open ears and eyes. Maybe it's time to listen and to hear and to understand. Because that's where healing comes from. Here's what will happen as you begin to understand, as, you, as it begins to lead to healing in your life. Your enemy, your enemy will become your cause. Did you hear that? Your enemy will become your cause. The one right now that you want to rant and rave and say it's their fault... When you actually experience real healing in your life, you're not going to put the blame anymore. You're going to recognize there is blame to go around, and you're going to do your best to go reveal the kingdom to them also. When this type of healing begins to take place, your Facebook uh, post will change. They'll be different. You will begin to live 
out the fruits. You'll even be able to start to put up with the prickly people in your life. You know what I'm talking about? You get too close, you get hit, it stings. (laughs) You got the prickly people in your life, don't you? When you begin to be healed and you begin to listen, you begin to hear, then even you'll be able to put up with those people. Miss Quinn, and I, that's what God has done for me with you. <laughs> Doesn't matter how snippety you get with me, I just keep loving. I just keep loving. I'm going to pay for that. She runs my life, seriously, and I'm going to pay for that this week. When our whole lives begin to to heal in that way, we start to live out the fruits of the Spirit. The anger that we feel, the hatred that we feel, the negativity that we always feel, the depression that we feel, all of those types of things, they begin to take a backseat. They begin to take a backseat to the fruits of the Spirit. They begin to take a backseat and we begin to feel things like love and joy and peace and patience and goodness and gentleness and faith. Imagine Imagine watching the news and feeling that way. If we've been healed by the power of living our Jesus story, then we can't. Here's what will ultimately happen to us. Is that rather be boxed up in the back of the garage of life, like we're going to go on display for all of the world to be able to see. And is it dangerous for this thing to be out here? Yeah. But you know what? It's dangerous to be a Christ follower too. Because our leader picked up a cross and he carried it up a hill. And he died. But I don't care what happens to you in all of this. Because it won't matter if you get broken or you get shattered or do you do anything else. You decide to go ahead and begin to live the extraordinary life that Jesus has placed for you here on planet earth. It doesn't matter if it's shattered. It doesn't matter if it's broken. Because our Jesus has the power of the resurrection. We don't have to live confined in a box. We can live on display for our stories to be seen by the entire world And through our stories, Jesus can continue to change the world. It's just up to us. I'm going to ask you if you would please to stand with me this morning. Bow your heads and close your eyes for just a moment. We've got a bunch of boxes that are down here on on the bottom of this stage. And I don't know how you're feeling today. I don't know if you're feeling like, hey, listen, you're just kind of living an ordinary life of humdrum not on display, maybe all boxed in, maybe all you do is, is, is constantly worry about if you're following all the rules and doing all the right things versus being revealed for the glory of God. But if today you say, hey, listen, I need this reminder. I need the reminder not to live boxed in. I need the reminder to be on display. I need the reminder that my story matters. That as we just play softly right now. I'm going to ask you just to come down here and just grab a box. Stay down here when you get it. But just go ahead and come down here and grab a box as a reminder this week. Put it somewhere that's going to put that in the front of your mind. Hey, listen, am I just going to go through a humdrum day or am I going to live the extraordinary story that Jesus has for me? If you're not there and you feel like you're fully on display, praise God for that. Just grab this reminder and just stay here for just a moment because I want to pray for us. Dear Heavenly Father, 
you did not come that to help us live more ordinary lives than we have already are living. You did not come to see us follow more rules than what we're already following. God, you came so that you could make us new, so that you could make us whole, so that you could heal us, and so that you could put our lives on display for all the world to see. Because you knew that by doing that, that it would shine the light upon your glory in the world. We thank you for doing that today. And Lord, I pray that we'll just use this as a reminder this week that none of us are ordinary. And that we should not, we should not continue just living out a life of rules. But God, that we've got an incredible story to tell. We've got an incredible story to continue to create for your honor and your glory. May this be the church that does it. May this be the church that brings healing to a city that so desperately needs to be healed. May this be the church, Heavenly Father, where we all, where we all live outside of the box. And may you change the world as a result of that willingness. In Jesus' name we pray today. Amen. Thank you for joining us today at the Church at Severn Run. Please visit our website at severnrun.com for church service information, staff directories, or for prayer requests. And if you're in the D.C. Baltimore area, we'd love to have you join us at 8187 Telegraph Road in Severn, Maryland. We look forward to worshiping with you.